Yeah, no, it's good. We're going. Nice. Yeah. So this is Bolsheviks again. We're back. Still in fucking quarantine. Uh, April 4th? Yeah, 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 yeah. 20. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess this is kind of the first... This is the first week that it's felt real, like the quarantine and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel very off, and, like, people are really starting to, like... On my route and stuff, people are really starting to kind of... You know, everyone has masks now. Used to be just, like, weirdos. Now it's everyone. Yeah. I do have a few I do have a few people that are obvious like Trumpers and like don't even probably don't even believe it's happening. They just come out and like they're just like, hey, here's a piece of I'm like, dude, you should at least respect me and how I feel about it. But it's obvious that they're like are trying to show off that they uh, don't care. I don't no mask just giving me like whatever they need to get give me. Yeah, I've been seeing some of the more, like, socially aware people on my day-to-day, you know, routes. Like, definitely, I haven't seen a lot of masks, but everyone is wearing gloves now. But I really haven't encountered anyone that's, like, tried to kind of approach me. Because most of my jobs this week were, like, me delivering stuff because of the quarantine. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of me, like, taking work from the office, like, various offices to, like, people's houses and just kind of, like, putting it on the porch, like, knocking on the door, like, waving at them from the car, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's been pretty funny, actually, you know, like, a lot of people, like, are at their windows being like, thank you, after I drop off the package and stuff, and I, I nobody signs for anything anymore, I'm signing for everything, and, uh, yeah, it's just kind of weird. Um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, oh, some lady left the, the, uh, the reason why I don't think you're seeing a lot of masks is probably because, um, there's not a lot of them out there. You can't really get them right now. Well, you can like make your own now. Yeah. And that's what I was. So this lady left a thing in the mailbox with a flag up and it's in a plastic baggie and it's like a, it was a mask, a homemade mask. And I think it's for me. I'm hoping that it wasn't. I'm hoping it wasn't someone that was giving it to that person whose mailbox it is. But I think since the flag was up, I think that means it was for me. I took it and it had a note in there saying just, but it didn't say for anyone or anything like that. So I was just kind of like, well, the flag was up. I think it's for me. I think they're being nice people. I would imagine that that's like something that they saw like on a repost on Facebook or like, and a Pinterest thing where they're like, you know what, Dan, I'm going to be a good Christian and show them that not all of us out here are bad people. Yeah. Well, it's weird because like I was listening to a bunch of podcasts with some, some, uh, some experts on that were talking about how the masks are complete pointless. But then Eric Weinstein gets on fucking Joe Rogan and he's talking about how, no, that's not the case. So I'm like, who the, f- what is going on here? Now the CDC is finally saying, no, we recommend masks when it didn't before. It's just kind of like, what is the real truth? I think it's, I think that what it is is that it's not going to like 100% like prevent, you know, contamination and spread if you have like a bandana on, like a cloth mask on, but they just want people to do it in general because it's like a step in the right direction. I guess, like, because there's that that thing of, like, the people at the choir practice or whatever that all got it from, like, singing in the same room. Did you read that? Did you hear about that? 
Yeah, those dumb motherfuckers. Yeah, that shit's fucking so stupid. But they're so stupid. Dude. I think, they just I think that a, a a big reason now why they're is they recognize that like people are not going to social distance or whatever. I guess like people are trying to say physical distance instead of social distance because like people can still be social online. I just heard that like today or yesterday, so I don't know that's if just that's a dumb, who cares. Yeah, you I don't know, know if that's gonna like catch hurting. on, but. We're super Everybody knows aware what you mean by social distancing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I got to get like a bandana or something. We might be able to get masks, though. One of our clients is a small pharmacy on the west side. And nice. I was like talking to the lady. And she was like, she said the next time they get like a, a case in or whatever, she would like call us to see if we like wanted to buy them, I'm assuming. And I doubt she's going to like just give us a bunch of shit, but. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to start wearing, like, masks or bandanas, but I guess they want people to wear bandanas and, like, homemade coverings just, like, because they want to keep the masks for, like, health professionals, you know? Yeah, and I think it's also better, like, if, if I got sick, then I would be talking and coughing into the mask instead of it going outward into the world, you know? Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, yeah. If you were a carrier, I mean, if you were sick, you would have to stay home. But, you know, if you were, like, asymptomatic and infected, you know. Yeah, I really hope I'm not. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of fucked. Um, I heard about one of my friends who is a doctor in upstate New York, and he um, he has one mask a week, and he's, like, a nurse. Dude, you're supposed to change him every four hours. Yeah, but that's what he was given at his hospital was one mask a week. Wow. And they had 40 corona deaths. I guess, like, shit's so bad in New York City that they're flying people out to, like, other New York hospitals, not in the city. So, in, Frederick, in Frederick, there's 54 deaths. I saw that only. So that's not that bad. But um, were they I all, guess... Uh, were they all, like, local Frederick County people, or were they know, people it might, who it might were, not be like... Deaths. It might just be infected because that seems like a lot for frederick i don't even think that baltimore has that many deaths but i haven't really checked yeah i don't think it's deaths i think it's just infected people i'll actually look that up right now while we're talking about it there's um the the plant in baltimore had two cases in the males facilities so do you know which facility the baltimore plant no uh, like the one downtown it's actually not downtown it's like where is it i think it's like bel-air something yeah i don't i i mean i don't know what the plant is but as of updated seven hours ago on the citizen app um baltimore has 343 total cases and only six deaths okay so i doubt that frederick has 50 it might be 50 cases it's 50 cases for sure yeah oh man that's crazy yeah no it's um it's really fucked up but yeah i gotta start wearing I'm going to start wearing like a bandana, I guess, whenever I'm outside until yeah. I can get a mask. But I kind of feel shitty taking a mask because I really don't ever, I don't do any face-to-face -face stuff anymore. Like yeah. even when we do corporate stuff, it's all like picking up from like an unmanned desk or like most places just have like a bin outside their front door, you know? Yeah. So did you see did you see that meme that's like look at my bank account I finally got the <laughs> the treasury department uh $1200 dude as soon as I saw that I checked my account <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -mm. There's a meme going around it's just like it's I think it's from 
shithead Steve or something, one of those. And it's just like uh, a snapshot of a bank account with like COVID-19 stimulus or whatever. And they're like, check what just came in. And I guess it's just like a a joke, you know. Oh. Kind of a mean joke because a lot of people are probably like really looking forward to that. So, and then they check their fucking accounts and it hasn't come in yet. Yeah, I don't know when they're going to be going out. Dude, it's going to be like weeks, you know. Well, the Especially because last... people didn't uh, fill out their taxes. Well, yeah. they pull from 19 and 18. It right. doesn't have to be from this year. Right, right, right. But... I mean, I read that it was going out, like, this weekend. I read last week. I read next week. Like, I have no idea what's going on, but I guess right. I'm getting $1,200. I mean, I haven't even read anything that was, like, really clear on if it is a loan against future taxes or if it's a grant or if it's, like, taxable income. Uh, no, it's it's completely not taxable. I mean, like that's it's cool. Uh, it's not connected to that at all. So you just get a blanket $1,200. You don't owe anything on it or anything like that. Yeah, that'd be cool when I get it. That would help for a little bit. I've been seeing, there's like a meme going around comparing the American thing to the Canadian thing where they're given like that blanket two grand to everybody for four months or whatever, three months or four months. And I haven't really looked into like the stimulus package bill that went around, but I was kind of forced to like this morning, I guess, because people were talking about it and I was tired of like, hearing a bunch of people like saying really different things and like actually just kind of looked it up for a little bit. But like it is very confusing online still like what the unemployment benefit bump is because I guess it's an additional $600 blanket, like an additional just straight up $600 per week on your unemployment. Didn't I tell you that? And then you were like, no. It's yeah, because I thought I had read that it was just a 600 added to the ceiling, but I guess it is like 600 bucks a week on top of whatever you would normally get. Dude, it's crazy because we're going to owe so much fucking money to whoever, you know? Well, I mean, that shit's taxed. Like, where's this even, where's this shit even coming from, you know? Like at this point, nowhere. I mean, it's always come from nowhere because money isn't fucking real. Right. Are we just, like, we're just printing it? Yeah. So the inflation's gonna be insane later. Mm-hmm. Just fucking insane. I mean, dude, it's gonna be a lot of fucking money. There's how many people were on on six million or something? Crazy. Six million, I think. That are on it or that or that filed. Ever. Mm-hmm. Huh? What? That are on it or that filed like this week. That, that filed for unemployment. It's like six million people. So six million times six hundred, that's 24 million dollars. That's not that much, actually, when it comes to... Um, Huh. Yeah, 6.6 million Americans filing for aid. Wow. So let's say, let's say 4 million get it. That's in one week. In one week, 6.6 million. Right. So let's say, let's say like a bunch of them don't get it. Let's say 4 million times 600. Yeah, I don't know. So You're shit's doing a- it? Do it on your fucking thing. Four million times six hundred. Yeah. All right. Hold so on. So we're trying to. How many zeros are in four million? Four thousand. Six. All right. Four million times six hundred. Yeah. It says two point four e nine. 
Oh, that's a. I don't know what the fuck that means. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot oh of God. fucking money. Two point four to the ninth power. Two point four and then nine zero. So what is that? Two point four trillion. Two point four trillion dollars. Or Just billion? Is it billion? It might be billion. We're done. That's not, dude. That's not including the fucking. Two point four billion a week. Hundred dollars that everyone's gonna get. You know. Yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. Wow. I mean, it's just not going to work. It's not Nothing's going to work. Oh, my God. It's not going to work. Do? And the sad part about it is that we're fucking ourselves in the future. We're like, I mean, it's what America does best, unfortunately, is just kind of like kick the can down the road and just kind of like wave some money in your face. That's like what's been happening for a long time. But like, I don't know. It's, that's, ugh. It's dude, so what a weird time, dude. It feels so weird. But it, it sucks because we're getting, we're like fucking ourselves over so much financially. And the only person it's, the only reason they're doing it is so that like the economy stays going, like so the markets stay up. So essentially yeah, we're like bankrupting ourselves just to us. like, they care about the economy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's so that the, the rich people already, the, the upper class, the 1%, whatever you want to call them, can like stay afloat. Like this is so like landlords will be good and like Comcast will be good and shit. Oh, for sure. You know what's fucked up too is like, dude, how the fuck is like McDonald's and shit essential? So all the you have you have all these like, you know, these small businesses and small business restaurants and stuff. They all close down, but then you have fucking Walmart and all these other places that stay open. I understand Walmart though because they can be they could I understand, but don't even like that is a huge way for the virus to spread is in places like walmart and target places that basically sell food so they can claim essential like i understand they're essential everybody needs shit but like they could have been essential without the food though because they still sell like the basic supplies that you like they still have like toilet paper and they also have like survival supply like you know what i mean like they kind of have everything like those those big stores like that would stay open regardless you're right but it is a huge risk to go there because that is it's just a breeding ground now. Now, don't you think they should do something like ten people at a time or not ten people, but like not that They're many doing people. that in some stores here. They started enforcing that when we went to the grocery store last week. And that was even last week, so I don't even know what they're gonna do when we try to go to the store tomorrow, but but they've already been doing that at least in the city. Yeah. Counting heads at the door and stuff. And like it's fucking stupid. I mean, the two things I think about that is, like, it's fucking stupid that, like, the small businesses are kind of, like, being fucked over while, like, Target and Walmart are, like, selling out of stuff. But my only thing with that is, like, I suppose if you want to limit the amount of places you go, like, having one central place that you go kind of makes sense. Like, I I know that that, like, sucks for local businesses, but if you're looking at it from, like, a emergency standpoint, like, I'd rather go to one place to get my food and my home goods i guess for lack of a better term but like the other thing is the reason that fucking fast food is essential is because of who is in the white house right now like he is famous for loving fast food oh i know yeah i mean yeah for sure like imagine how stoked he would be if they like made a mick trump you know like if these places started naming like menu items after him like, he would find a way to, like, knight the owner of McDonald's or something. Uh, I think there's something unconstitutional about that. Anyway, like, I don't think they'd be able to do that. I mean, because all, all that con- a lot of that stuff's out the window at this point, man. 
we're in like uncharted territory with a lot of like constitutional like oh i know stuff. i know for sure this mm -hmm. is weird it's interesting to see what's like going to shake loose and like what what they're trying to like kind of pass through i mean did you see that the the ship thing that like navy ship thing where like the captain uh -huh. wrote that letter and then he got fired or whatever oh about what did it say I, I saw something about it but i didn't read anything he, i saw i saw something about someone getting fired yeah like the fucking captain of some naval vessel like sent an email to a shit ton of people he like sent an email to his superiors but then like cc'd like a bunch of people i guess and was like help us this shit is fucked up coronavirus is on my ship and then like it leaked to the press oh so wait so how why did he get fired then i'm confused why would he get fired they're saying that he like broke the chain of command by like telling more people than like his sole superior officer or something like that i mean it it, it comes into that whole like military law thing where like they kind of can just like make up their own interpretation of like the rules that are already like very much in their favor anyway that's fucked up, man. He's just trying to get some help for his people. Yeah, is... so they they took him off the ship, and I guess word was that he was going to get, like, straight-up canned. But then, like, so many people, like, Republican and Democrat, like, complained about it that, like, the head of the Navy or whatever was like, we're not going to fire this dude. We're just going to, like, switch <laughs> his boat. Like, it's chill. I like how you say head of the Navy. Like, that's an official... <laughs> name of something there's no head of the navy i guarantee it no there's like a like, no there's like a like the secretary of the navy or whatever the fuck there's like a dude in charge of like the navy uh, let me i'm gonna put in head of the navy just to see what the title is yeah Keep it's going to be some dumb shit like actually i don't know because there definitely is like a commander of the navy or like a secretary of the navy or whatever the fuck okay. secretary of like naval affairs maybe i don't fucking know okay. so it's chief of naval operations yeah. that's what it, the official that is, is very close to just saying head of the navy i guess so yeah i guess so i thought it was gonna be something cool way more complicated like like double senior direct admiral or something like sick yeah. like something out of warhammer dude if i was president i would just like rename all that shit to like naval king you know navy king <laughs> the, uh, you call him like the wet boy king of, the wet the king. wet boy <laughs> or the, the head of the semen <laughs> yep that's it yeah king semen yeah <laughs> yeah and master of moistness mm -hmm. man uh, are you going crazy yet no because i'm still going outside the house is she going crazy no i think that we've kind of like gone past the like the uncomfortable like crazy part like i've been talking to a lot of my friends and um they also people wanting to like facetime and zoom all the time now i fucking hate it because it's like i don't want to just like you should say only if there's titties <laughs> man i don't want to see some of my friends titties but like there's um fuck what was i just saying i don't even remember what the fuck i was talking about <laughs> oh zooming people are zooming annoying you and yeah something else before that whatever um oh 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 yeah i think that a lot of like the couples that have been fighting like i think they kind of got over that hump 
because now it's like no longer like a, a weird thing to like be locked in the house together all the time. And now yes. like people have to adapt to the fact where it's like, I'm going to be fucking smelling you for two yeah. months straight now, dog. Like we're how locked many, in. How many divorces do you think are going to happen after this shit's lifted? So many. So many, man. It's going to be crazy. There were some other show I was listening to where I guess they were reporting, like it was like third hand reporting or second hand reporting. And someone like asked a cop what like they've noticed the most about shit going on. And I guess the cop was like talking about how there's been like a really intense, like rise in domestic abuse. Oh like, yeah. Cases and shit. Cause people are just like fed the fuck up and just like kicking the shit out of each other now. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. No, That's yeah, that shit's fucked up. But no, I, I believe it though, man. That makes sense. Oh, 100%. Like if you were like in an abusive relationship and then you got locked in the house, like that's a nightmare and I hope you could oh, escape. No, but also like yeah. if you just like kind of are annoyed by like your boyfriend and then like after seven days of him like not taking his fucking dirty socks off the couch, like I definitely could see some people just like throwing a spaghetti strainer like at his fucking head while he's like taking a shit or something. Right. Just throwing ice cubes in the shower. Just to get back at him. <laughs> or, dude, you know what would be worse? Throwing toilet paper in the shower while you're fucking in the shower. Or not fucking, but, like, when you're in the shower. And then you see, like, toilet paper. Because toilet paper and water is, like, the worst possible thing you could ever have happen to you. That would be a really good way to fuck someone up if it wasn't your, like, shared living situation. Yeah. Ladies, but- if you're visiting some dude during quarantine to get some of that quarantine dick, go through his phone. If you see him hollering at other girls, wait till he's in the shower, take all of his toilet paper, throw it on top of him in the shower so you ruin all of his toilet paper and then bounce the fuck out. Yeah. That that would be one... Oh, that'd be horrible. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are going to... really to, mean, especially because all the people are like, you know, toilet paper is like gold right now. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I hope that people come out of this like with an appreciation for the set of traps that were employed by the child in Home Alone. Like there has to be so many just like really bored teenagers being like, you know, I would set up like a fucking mousetrap device to like make my dad trip down the stairs probably. <laughs> like Home Alone? Oh, 100%, yeah. For sure, dude. I was, uh, I was just going over because April Fool's was just this past week. And I was just telling someone about how, like, how I've been a trickster, like, like throughout the years. And I was like remembering all the things. Sorry, I've sorry, done. sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, we need to recap your tricks. How are you a trickster? I've known you for almost half of my life, maybe. Dude, I you would know never I'm describe you as like a prankster or like a trickster. Are you serious, dude? Yes, I'm known for that. Ask Jessica Brown, dude. She knows. She knows I get this thing in my eye, and she can always tell when I'm about to fucking pull some shit, you know? Ask Morgan. She'll tell you. I'm a fucking... Dude, okay, so here are all the things I've done. They're really douchebaggery, okay? The worst one I did that was over the line was I fake burglarized the home after coming home from work when Morgan had a bunch of friends over, and I, like, pretended to break in. And, uh, man, they were pissed. They were super pissed. I'm glad they didn't have guns. So I what did you do? Just, like, put on a mask and just kind of, like, dance around in the yard? Like, bang well, on the windows? It, yeah, I would, like, bang on different doors and then run to the other door. So, like, while they're looking at the other door. Like, you know what I mean? And then I come in laughing. Like, I'm just kidding. And they're, like, so pissed, you know? And, you know, the dog was there. So the dog's barking at me and shit. 
uh, it, that was, that was bad. Right. So, okay. So it was no- bad because it's not funny, not bad because you're like so crazy. Right. Right. Like I, I just didn't think that one through at all. Yeah. So the other one is I've, I, I took like an old parking ticket and I scanned it in and then changed it in Photoshop to like, um, like a, like a thousand dollar, like fine, you know? And then I would put it on my friend's cars because in front of, remember, you know, Cheese's house where it has those parking things, you mm-hmm. know? So I'd put it under their, uh, in their, on their car. And it was so detailed, dude. It even had the stuff on the back that describes what you have to do to like call in to get it taken care of, you know? So I did that a bunch. Um, shit, man. What else did I do? Oh, yeah. Fucking Jessica's. <laughs> I took pictures pictures of, of Jess, Jessica and her, her kid, you know? And uh, like just like we're all playing around. I took them, took pictures of them. And then I went into Photoshop and Photoshopped in like realistic looking ghosts. And then I would put them on my phone and deleted the old ones. And then be like, whoa, dude, look at look at the photos I took earlier. And, <laughs> and Jessica like started shaking. She started shaking and like tears were coming down her eyes. And she's like, please tell me that this is a joke. Cause if it's not, I'm gonna be really freaked out. Like she was like tearing up. Like she could not handle it. It and, sounds uh, like people know you for pranks, not because they're good pranks, but because you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> Uh, that seems to be uh, the, the case. Dude, yeah. if I was hanging out and got a parking ticket for $1,000 and then someone was like, huh, fucking fooled you, like, I would be so fucking angry. Yeah. I think I did it to Anna, and uh, I I think I saw her with the ticket on the on the kitchen table and her on the phone, like, trying to, like, <laughs> call, call the fucking place to, like, figure out what was going on. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I I missed the boat this April Fools. I just didn't even think about it. Yeah, I didn't do anything on April Fools. I never do anything on April Fools though. I'm worried about Easter. Easter's my favorite of like the holidays that I have to spend with my family. Why is it your favorite? Because the food's the best. Yeah, you like uh, cracking open like tie-dyed eggs. No, I like ham. Oh, you have ham for Easter. Mm Hmm. Do I have eat? Do I have ham for Easter? I wonder. Hmm. I always do. We always have ham for Easter. It's just like the best food spread, and also it's the chillest one because, uh, like, Easter is like way more about the kids, so you can kind of just like do whatever. But like Thanksgiving, everyone wants to fucking talk, and you know, yeah. Christmas, everyone wants to talk, and you got to do shit. And like the, I don't know. I'd rather have ham than like a bird. Although my dad does make a really good deep fried turkey. Yeah. Yeah, I always look forward to that for Thanksgiving. I get so tired after Thanksgiving dinners though. Man. But um yeah, I I don't I guess yeah, we were playing this whole thing for Easter. My sister's trying to get us to do presents. Mhm. Like it was fucking Christmas and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? I I already go into bankruptcy every fucking year cuz you guys now you want to like double the bankruptcy bankruptcy? Like this is insane." You yeah, know? who are you, Trump? Right, exactly. So um, I'm not doing that. Yeah, no, that sounds dumb. Um, but all right, so I'm going to call 
Jason. Okay. Now. Yeah, go. Go ahead. So, What's um, hmm? you're going to call him by his real name? Yeah. Why wouldn't I call him by his real name? I don't know. You're the one. No, I'm, I'm, it's real names are fine. Um, but so, yeah, so we're going to call my little cousin who, um, is our North Carolina boots on the ground foreign correspondent. Um, hell yeah. Yeah. Also, he, he sells insurance or whatever. And so he had a lot of corrections for when we were talking about how insurance works. And that's really why he wanted to come, why he, I thought to bring him on right now because I was talking to him and he was just like trying to rattle off everything that was wrong that was said on this show about <laughs> how insurance works. And I was like, dude, just fucking say it to Jordan, not to me. Right. So. You know, I'm 100% correct on what I was saying. You're not. But, um, all right, I'm going to call him now and hopefully this okay. will work. Um, but yeah, all right, let's see. It should be gone now. Add to call. All right, so. It's How cool called. is this? He's cool. All right, let me see. All right, he joined. Jason? Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you turn your video on so we can see you, or do you not want to be seen? Yep, that's fine. I'm here. All right. Oh, uh, what's up, dude? How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah, I can't complain. I've been drinking since like 11 o'clock, so. Jerking it? Is that what you no, said? Drinking. <laughs> hey, you know me, boy. I've just been jerking it for. I've been jerking it for seven hours. I've been jerking it for seven and a half hours, guys. You know. <laughs> A lot of people are buying fucking stores out of uh, lo out of um, hand sanitizer. I'm buying stores out of lotion. So <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah. Um, so wait, you were at like a party today, right? Yeah, I still am. I'm just in my car. I told everyone I was taking a quote unquote work call. So that's wait, you're at a party. <laughs> yeah, you're not abiding by the rules. I mean, there's less than ten people here, and that's all that. We had to worry about it in North Carolina. Oh yeah, people okay. in North people in North Carolina really aren't taking this as seriously as some other like big cities. Yeah, yeah. So can you guys still? You guys this you guys week right had the had started to have the ban on like bars and stuff. So the bars have been closed for about a week and a half now. Um, restaurants still do takeout and delivery um hair salons just closed a few days ago and then um you guys are certain, behind. yeah we're about seven days behind maryland and then certain counties have closed public and private marinas and docks but not the county that i live in we won't i guess i won't like dox you that hard and say where you live in north carolina but you live like on the beach, right? Or like with yeah, I mean, yeah. I live in coastal North Carolina. It, oh yeah. hell yeah! And it's Dude, that's the. You go to college there? I I I did for a little period of time, nice. for like I attempted a couple semesters of school down here. It went about the same as it did when I was up in Maryland in school. No, it nice. it did not go the same way at all. Well, <laughs> we don't need to talk about that either, though. No, but um, <laughs> um, so like where you live is it? Would you consider that to be like a like a touristy spot? Yes, very very touristy. Has that been affected 
from what you've noticed, like with the virus? For the, a good bit, yes. Um, a lot of the bars and stuff are still doing a lot of takeout business. So there's still, you go, you go places, there's still lines everywhere. And then there's still a lot of people, quote unquote, quarantining themselves at their beach houses. Like people are still renting out beach houses down here to quote unquote quarantine themselves. So there's still a decent population down here. It's not like certain places like Ocean City up in Maryland that kind of get deserted most of the year. Like people are still coming here. To chill. To like, yeah, to, you know, quote unquote, be safe. And, you know, there's a lot of people really not taking it seriously down here. There's a few beach towns in North Carolina that have completely shut off everything. But for the most part, no one down here is really... Besides, like the like the Facebook moms are like taking it really seriously, but the the mass population really isn't. They closed the beaches like a, four four days ago. They closed the beaches. Are they actually officially. enforcing that closure though? No, they're not. So technically, if you live at the beach, you're allowed to be on the beach, but that pretty much just means that any. Everybody goes to the beach and it's like, oh, hey, I live in that house and just pointed a house and they leave you alone. <laughs> nice. So they're not really enforcing much. Interesting. Which is funny because you're saying this all while at a party, by the way. Yeah, right. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's <laughs> less than 10 people here. We're all pretty much everyone's been in the backyard the whole time. So we're kind of spread out, you know. Are you guys yeah, wearing face masks? Yelling to each other like from across the, the way. I mean, all of my friends yell when we're in close quarters. So when we're far apart, it's pretty much the same thing. Are you single? Are you trying to get laid at this party? Or No, I'm not currently trying to get laid at this party. Um, the reason why I ask is because then I'm like, you can't stay six feet apart. You got to like, you know, in order to do it, you got to. Yeah, get no, I mean, there's there's one couple at this party. And then there's one ex-couple that's kind of. The guy's trying to stay six plus feet away, but he's not necessarily being successful with her, like following him around. But oh wow, that's got to be so interesting to watch. It's we've been watching it for six, eight months now, and it still <laughs> has. <laughs> he's been trying to keep his his corona distance yeah. well before this started, and it wasn't working then, and it's still not working now. Damn, Lisa's yeah. got an excuse now. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Jordan asking the important questions. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, very important questions. <laughs> yeah. So you work in insurance, right? Yeah. So I mainly do life insurance, uh, a little bit of Medicare, and a little bit of annuities, which has kind of hit, the market has shifted a little bit. I still work six days a week. But I don't really – I haven't gone out to see anybody in person in about two weeks now. Everything's been primarily over the phone, which is how a lot of the nations kind of transfer now. But it's kind of a nightmare because a lot of the insurance companies are still in like the 1980s and they don't want to change. So what does that mean that they uh, don't want to change? So there's still a lot of – um, over the phone stuff isn't really viable for, so as a broker basically means I can represent 
um, any company that can do business in the state of North Carolina. So I represent about 45 different companies. And before this whole thing happened, about six of them had real um, telesales programs, which means you can sell a policy 100% over the phone without actually having to see them face to face. So less Wait, than- so can I, let me jump in here, okay? Cause you basically wanted to come on and tell me how wrong I am, right? Well, so- Well, well the hold on. Only place, the only places I was saying you were wrong in is saying that like your, your 60, 70 year old parents could get more insurance and that Medicare for all would be actually very beneficial for me. For you? Yes. Uh-huh. Because, so the way Medicare currently works and Medicare is, there's a little bit less upfront payout for Medicare, but there's very strong residual payouts for Medicare because um, everyone on Medicare, you originally go on parts A and B, which is run by the government, but they push what's called part C, which is basically just privatized Medicare. Yeah, I think I've so seen the, the commercials for that. Yeah. yeah, so, yep, so... Um, right here, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, editorial note, both of you guys can't talk at the same time. So just be careful about okay. talking over each other, all right? Okay. Cool. You can continue. So, yeah, so where most people get paid on Medicare is signing people up through what's called Medicare Advantage programs, which are run by privatized Medicare companies like Humana, Aetna, United Healthcare, Cigna, some of the big, big main insurance companies. And they just do that because the the United States government didn't want the risk of having all of their seniors on original Medicare because on original Medicare, the recipient is responsible for 20% of the medical costs and the government covers the other 80%. But if you're on a Medicare Advantage program, which is through a private Medicare company, then that company is liable for pretty much 100% of the risk. And the government gives that company roughly $8,000, give or take, for having a member enrolled. So Mm -hmm. they basically pull all of those. So if they have, you know, 100,000 members giving them eight, the government giving them $8,000 a piece. If, you know, Medicare recipient A has $100 in Medicare expenses for the year, then that company, you know, profits or keeps $7,900 in their pool. But if another person spends a hundred thousand dollars if they're you know they get cancer or things like that then you know they're at a loss for that but and that's how like i was talking to robbie would be that's how they would do medicare if they did medicare for all the government would largely put all of their risk into private companies because they know that if they give a medicare advantage company eight thousand dollars for the year for that for that person's medical expenses, they know that that's all they have to spend on that person. Whereas if they're under original Medicare, it could be $500, it could be $10,000, it could be $100,000. They don't really know. So they have a set budget for per 
individual. So it kind of helps them set their budget for the year a little bit easier. Okay. So, um, what now, how does the, like $8,000, these are all old people, mainly old people. So mostly 65 plus. Yes. Right. So $8,000 for each recipient, but like a lot, I feel like a lot, they're going to have to pay out a lot more than they, like, then they're going to get an advantage from getting in eight grand for each person. Right. Because let's say one person gets sick, has to get like $200,000 worth of work done. Um, you know, that's a lot. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it would work out, but I guess it would. So it just kind of, it just pulls all of their resources. So it's like with, you know, but it's with like regular life insurance, regular individual life insurance that you buy directly through the company is more expensive than a group policy that people get through work because there's a larger pool of people. So the larger the pool of risk is, on average, the healthier the individuals are gonna be. So they figure if they have, say, 100 people in a, in a risk pool, that more of them are gonna use less healthcare than, than not. So they're anticipating that the, the costs are going to be cheaper and that's just the risk that the company takes, but also the, like the company, um, they, w- they have the people that will reach out to the hospital cause they have certain networks of hospitals and doctors that they work with. So they can go and negotiate better terms with those specific doctors because, you know, like in the town that I'm in, there are three main doctor's offices that work with these Medicare Advantage programs. So those Medicare Advantage programs can pretty much say, hey, we're going to send at least a third of our people to you, but in return for that, we're going to you know, negotiate on some of these medical costs. So that's kind of how they, how they do that. That's how it, it makes sense for them. Have you been talking this whole time, not realizing that I've been gone? I mean, we've been seeing you the whole time, but we haven't really heard a whole lot. Yeah, you were on the screen. <laughs> Dude, I, <laughs> I lost connection. So whatever you've been saying for the past, I would say two minutes, I've been frozen. <laughs> so you can go ahead and repeat You guys yourself. didn't notice? No, we just thought you were diligently listening. Yeah, to no, what I you had were like, say. it was a picture where it looked like you could have just been sitting still. Dude, I just thought I was blowing your mind with my knowledge. I, you know what? You were, you were, you definitely were. But whatever you were saying the past two minutes, um, hopefully it was good. I don't know. It must have so, been awesome. You, to, you to, know re- what? To you recap, won me so over. To recap. The medical, the Medicare Advantage programs, they work with a specific network of doctors to pretty much funnel all of their clients into a specific few doctors so they can negotiate medical costs. So instead of being able to let you go to anybody, they have a few specific doctors you can go to, but they pre-negotiate. So it's like, hey, I'm going to give you 100 clients but you're only going to charge me 75% for those clients because I'm giving you all of that extra business. So essentially how. So their book that says what thing costs doesn't apply to these companies, right? Because they, they negotiate their own shit. Yeah. So like with 
the typical Medicare Advantage program, if you go to, you have to go to a primary care doctor that is in network with that company. And so say it's $10, a $10 copay to go to your primary doctor. So you pay $10 and then whatever happens at that doctor visit, you only have to pay that $10. But say, you know, if you have to have like an EKG for your heart or, you know, a stress test or something like that, the Medicare Advantage company has a different deal worked out with that company, with, with that doctor's officer. They don't necessarily pay full cost for that because they know that they're funneling um, clients to that specific doctor. Oh, cool. So, the okay. doc, so you're saying that the, the doctors and the insurance people can, you know, they have a different price in the public because they're just kind of hooking each other up because, you know... I'll give you business. Yeah, you give me fucking, you know. Exactly. I'll I'll give you I'll, I'll give you most of my business if you give me a discount for all of that business. Is essentially how that works. Yeah, you're buying health in bulk. You're buying EKGs in bulk, basically. Yeah, you're basically like, going to Costco. Yep. Exactly. Oh wow! Look at that, Jinx. Um, <laughs> so let's go to life insurance now. With my parents, you said, um, you said for them it wouldn't be worth. Or what, what's going on with them? Why do I only get eight grand if they die? Because they only agree to pay for $8,000 when they pass away. Because your parents so, fucking hate you, dude. But what, what does that mean? What's the, what's the plan that they're paying into? Like, how much does that cost, do you think? So, how old are they? Uh, old. Like, one's like 70-something. The so one who's 70, in charge. So, as far as eight grand, so... $10,000 for a 70-year-old costs about $80 a month, give or take, depending on when they started it. Mm -hmm. So you kind of mentioned that, like, as you get older, they pay out less. Yeah. It's not necessarily the case. It's as they get older. So, like, with whole life insurance, which is something that stays – so the price stays stagnant for the entire life of the policy – Um. The older you start it is the more expensive it costs. Um, gotcha. But like for a lot of the policies or a lot of the companies that I work with, they will go simplified issue, which is like no blood, no urine. Like a doctor doesn't have to come out and do a physical for them. They'll do up to $50,000 um, for somebody. And, it, and it, they kind of rate it differently. So um, – they have like a simplified final expense is what it's called. And they have a little bit more liberal underwriting compared to some of the traditional policies that will go upwards of two, three, four hundred thousand dollars. Mm, interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So tell your parents if they love you, they'll call me and they'll get some more insurance. <laughs> <laughs> they don't love him. He's not getting any money. <laughs> so I always think of along came Polly. What like with that? You know how like they they have to rate that guy to see if he they can insure him because he does all this crazy shit. Like, is that realistic? Does that happen? So, so once you get into the the final expense policies, which is pretty much what I do, which is fifty to eighty five, they ask a, a few about nine health questions, which have a two year look back period. So they're making sure that you haven't had cancer a heart attack, a stroke, um, congestive heart failure, things like that in the last two years. 
And if you haven't had any of those like major conditions in the last two years, they'll give you immediate coverage for a much better rate. But if you have had cancer, things like that, in the last two years, you go to um, a guaranteed issue company, which will give any American citizen coverage. But they have, if you pass away in the first two years, they they basically refund you the money that they've paid in and they give you 10% interest. Interesting. So you have to be you have to be alive for more than two years for those policies to pay out. So like Colonial Pen, like Alex Trebek on TV talking about, you know, anybody who calls them can guarantee they get insurance. Mm. Um, and that's a lot of the things that I replace personally is the people that kind of get stuff like that that has a two year wait. Um, and a lot of people are able to get better coverage at a cheaper price than they, they than they typically expect. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah, that is very interesting. Um, so we're coming up What's on. Inter- well, sorry, I just want to make this point. What's interesting is that people will pay for something while they're alive. That's not going to fucking matter because they're going to be dead. Why would they do that? Because they love their families. <sighs> that's so overrated. Because burials cost ten to twelve thousand dollars. That's what I was telling you, and- Jordan. Like your parents giving you eight grand does not cover the amount to put them in the fucking cold, cold ground. <laughs> yeah. So like eight thousand is pretty much the low end for burial coverage. That's typically more so what we're looking at for like cremations and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I mean, eight thousand will, if you really shop around, we'll get it done. Because another one of the things that I do is I like to educate people as much as possible. Like a lot of people will just go to the funeral home down the street that they that they've known for their entire lives, and they say, "Oh, a buddy of mine owns the insurance uh, owns the the funeral home." They're going to rip you off more than a random funeral home will because they know that you're not going to question it. So one of the services that I provide a lot of my clients is helping them shop around like a casket. Walmart and Costco sell caskets for as low as $800. But if you go directly to a funeral home and say, hey, I need a casket for my mom, the cheapest casket they're going to show you is $4,000. Wow. They just, a lot of the funeral homes will take advantage of people. They'll they'll go in there and say, what was that? They take advantage of people not knowing what's going on. Yeah. So they take advantage because it's an emotional time. They don't necessarily, you know, your mother just died. You don't want to have to be haggling with someone. You don't necessarily know what things cost. You don't want to have to sit there and do a whole bunch of homework and kind of Google what caskets cost, where you can find it having one shipped to a funeral home. So they'll just say, hey, we have these three packages. This package costs 10000 This package costs 12000 This package costs 20000 And you'll just pick one. Whereas um, legally, you don't have to get everything from one funeral home, which is something a lot of people don't, do not know. Mm-hmm. They think that if a funeral home offers you those three packages – to be able to have a service at that funeral home, you have to choose one of those three. Right. And legally, you can basically have that service there and pay them for the service, but bring everything else in and there's nothing they can say about it. I did not know that like at all. 
I guess I never really thought about just kind of like, I don't know, isn't that sort of like the big Lebowski joke type of thing too, where they put his ashes in the coffee can because they can't afford Pretty the much. fucking urn? I'm yeah. sorry, guys. Keep talking. So <laughs> we're looking at like 10 minutes left. Um, and then we're going to stop this. We're going to record another one right after if you want to kick on for that one too. If not, it's fine. But um, I wanted to get to two kind of like final points and towards mm-hmm. the end of this. Um, and you can hit them in any, in any way you want, Jason. Um, but the first question I had is, um, how do you think the coronavirus and all this stuff is going to affect um, insurance moving forward, like in a post-corona world? In terms of like uh, normal insurance, like life insurance, and then like pre-existing mm-hmm. condition type of stuff. And the second question I had was like, um, for more of like a prompt, like, do you think that you could really easily kind of explain the very basics of insurance in like a minute or two in case people don't really understand it? Because like, I don't really understand so, a lot of insurance. Like, I don't have insurance. You know what I'm saying? You're an idiot. Life insurance or health insurance? Health insurance. Health insurance. So basically with health insurance, you have um, you have a few options. They're all pretty much the same. Um, a lot of times if you're under the age of 65, you'll either have um, like Obamacare, like the Affordable Care Act insurance or workplace insurance. Okay. And then after 65, you have Medicare. Mm-hmm. Um, no insurance is going to cover everything. Each policy kind of, they'll have their strong suits in a certain area. So nothing is perfect. They don't have aspects of everything. Um, but in essence, you're, when you're choosing an insurance plan, you want to choose what you're most likely to the other plan that's most likely going to benefit you. So there are like, there are major medical plans where if you like basically catastrophe plans. So if you think that you're going to have cancer, you're going to have like major medical stuff going on. You can choose that. Or if you're pretty healthy, you don't have a lot of medications, you know, you just think you're going to go to your primary care doctor a couple times per year, you would choose a plan that's, you know, would benefit that. So you kind of, a lot of the plans you can custom fit or find a plan that's going to benefit you the best. Um, and unfortunately under 65. So people who aren't on Medicare and don't have work insurance get screwed. Quite frankly, it is, very expensive to have um, the same types of major medical insurance. A lot of the people who have um, medical insurance under the age of 65 have reimbursement plans. So if they go to urgent care or they go get a flu shot, they get reimbursed for that. Um, Or they have um, like, They'll have a high deductible plan, which are typically the most the the cheapest plans have high deductibles. So you have to spend six thousand dollars in your medical insurance for the year. But once you spend six thousand dollars, you don't pay a penny after that. Mm-hmm. So you could have a hundred thousand dollars in medical insurance for the year, 
like cancer treatments are a big one because cancer treatments are typically about $20,000 per treatment. But if you have a plan that has an out of pocket of 7,000 for the year, you pay the first 7,000 and then your insurance company picks up the rest. Not counting co-pays, right? No, that includes copay. So once you pay that seven thousand, it's called a, a moop maximum out of pocket. Hell yeah. Once you hit that moop for the year, moop, yeah, it's what once we you call hit it. that moop. Once you hit that moop, you don't pay anything. So it doesn't matter if it's a doctor's bill, if it's a hospital bill, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um and then like for Medicare Advantage programs and even some of the under sixty five programs. They'll have different co-pays for different things. So like a doctor's visit, like your primary care doctor be like $10 to $15 per visit. A specialist, like a cardiologist or a, you know, a diabetes management doctor, things like that would be maybe $35 or $40 per visit. And that's all you pay. Mm-hmm. And then if you get hospitalized, so with Medicare, under a hospitalization, you have a $1,300 um, upfront copay. So you pay for the first $1,365 of medical care. And then after that, Medicare covers the rest Mm -hmm. for the first 90 days with Medicare advantage programs. They break it down into a certain number of days. So like the first five days you're in the hospital, you have a $200 copay per day. So if you're in the hospital for two days, you have a $400 total copay instead of paying that $1,300. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, no, no, that does. Um, so you, would you recommend that people try to get, um, insurance with or independent from their employer? If they can get it through their employer, always get it through your employer. Well, even if it costs more out of pocket, typically it will not. So most of the time, if you can get on a group plan, where you have a bigger risk pool, it's going to be cheaper for you because in that bigger pool, they anticipate less risk. So if you have a pool of, say, you're an individual, you could either have a super high cost or you could have no cost. You're looking at a 50-50. But if you have 10 people, then you're looking at a lot less cost there. And if you have 100 people or 1,000 people in that pool, they're look. They're expecting it to be a lot cheaper for them. So if you can get a group plan through your through work or through an organization that you're with, nine times out of ten, it will be better to be on a group health plan while you can do it. Okay. Um, could I form a group with anybody? Like, could I like collectivize, for instance, like my friend group? And could we? No. Like- so it has to. Be, so it have to be um, like Knights of Columbus. Freemasons, like a certain group, like a fraternal organization can do it. Not all of them offer it, but some of them do. But it would have to be a specific group of employees or um, like dues paying members, farmers. Yeah, dues paying members is one way, but it's got to be like a you can't just pick 20 people at random and join a risk group. It has to be. So it works like uh, more mortgage-backed securities, kind of. Yes. So, like, what would stop me from just starting, like, a dummy LLC that made no money, but we just had the LLC, and then I had, you know, faked 20 people as employees, and I'm not paying any money out? Like, could I get us insurance that way? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> no, so they would look at, the, I mean, with the group health plans, it is easier to get group health, but they're going to look as, because the way they do that, and so the biggest thing in there is you're not paying them. You don't have any money from them. A lot of the group health plans are paid directly out of um, payroll deduction. Okay. So the company pays for it. Okay. So you technically pay for it, but say it's $50 a month, your employer would withhold $50 a month. And if there's 10 of you, they would pay $500 directly to that health insurance company, okay. not each individual person paying it. That makes sense. I was just trying to and think if there's a way for like individuals who don't get offered group insurance no. to get it outside of like a workplace environment. No, it's it's not. It, unfortunately, there's not a way really to you do might that be able at to this start point. Something like that. Um, and then, as far as your other, your first point on how this whole COVID nineteen thing is going to affect insurance, there are a few um, current things that are affecting it. But as far as long term, the only long term effects is it's going to be easier to apply over the phone or online. So, you so they're going to open... No, no, you can continue. I was just going to... So base... Damn it. <laughs> I was just going to say, so you think that this is going to kind of like drag the insurance industry into the modern world or at least, yes. you know, a decade or two in the current direction? Yeah, so the, it's going to force them. And a lot of companies have already, who have said that these programs are five to 10 years in the future or are never going to happen or either adapt or die. Mm. So these companies that are saying, Hey, you know, insurance takes a while to get regulated. They're kind of moving into the 21st century very quickly. Mm -hmm. And there have been a few companies who have already implemented um, things as far as testing. So, a couple of the questions are if you have tested positive for COVID-19, if you have not necessarily tested but have been quarantined by a doctor or self-quarantined um, because, because you think that you've been exposed, mm -hmm. that they're postponing your application for 90 days mm -hmm. or 60 or 90 days depending on the company, or if you've been to – like the first company um, was one company that um, – so there's two different types of life insurance. There's simplified issue, which means they kind of take a look at your background of what they can find online. So anytime you go to a hospital or a doctor's office and you get a diagnosis, they, they all log everything into what's called an MIB report, which is a medical information bureau. And they look at that and they look at your prescriptions to see what prescriptions you take and corresponding to certain diseases. And then there's fully underwritten, which they have a, a, a physician come out, take blood, urine, things like that. And most companies cap that cap their simplified issue at $400,000 of life insurance. Mm -hmm. And then there are certain companies who their simplified issue, so no medical exam, things like that have a, a ceiling of $3 million. Jesus. So those companies have put that if you've been tested or diagnosed or things like that, or if you had been to China or Italy or if you've been to Europe or China, they postpone your application for 30 days. Okay. Huh. So, so there's no, there's no impending health question of if you've had, 
if you've had COVID-19, you won't be able to get insurance. It's going to be if you've tested positive or you've had a risk factor of it that you're going to be postponed for 90 days. And as long as you're still alive and healthy and after 90 days, you'll be able to get insurance just fine. Okay. Do you think that it would, it will be a pre-existing condition in the future? So that's kind of going to depend on what we kind of figure out as far as health wise. Um, like I know some medical professionals have said that there is, a potential of a 30% decrease in lung function after you're diagnosed and fully have this disease. And that's like a typical exposure case, like a temperature, like a typical case, not like a extreme or mild, like the average is going to be yeah, 30%. So the average is, is 30% decrease in lung function. If that's actually proven to be a thing, there is a potential for it five, six years down the road of it being a permanent question. Um, but as far as everyone's concerned right now, long-term, it won't really affect it. Um, and if you've been tested recently, it could potentially, if you've tested positive, but for the most part, the biggest changes will just be how you apply for life insurance, not necessarily a risk factor of actually getting approved or not. Okay. Yeah. I would, I was wondering that, um, also just cause. You know, I feel like that would be kind of like a a weird thing that people maybe weren't thinking about moving forward is like, what this is going to do down the line for insurance and how, you know, because I know how, how tough it is for tuberculosis people because of, you know, like my dad and shit. Mm -hmm. And that was just one of the things that I was kind of worried about moving forward was like how much more money potentially people are going to have to spend on insurance in the future if like... Mm -hmm you know, a large percentage of the company gets, you know, diagnosed with this or is like on papers of mm -hmm. having it. And then now, you know, they have a 30% increase in their insurance moving forward. And then like, that's just more money for the insurance company. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the other thing is, is the nice thing about life insurance is they can't choose certain risk factors over another to charge you more. So some of the fully underwritten stuff is a little bit different, but as far as the simplified issue that probably 90% of Americans have, you're either accepted or you're declined. So there, there might be a couple companies that will say, if you've had it, you, you don't get accepted. But as far as most things, most companies, they won't have that as a question. Um, now, Obviously, we're still new to this, so we don't necessarily know the long-term ramifications of this disease. But as far as right now, it's just, as long as you haven't tested positive in 90 days, you're going to be all right just because they don't, really, they don't really know. So as far as the future, I don't necessarily see a whole lot of new regulations coming out, but I'm sure there will be a few companies who will say, you know, yes or no, but that's just like anything. Some companies, you know, you have to be three years cancer free before they'll give you coverage. Some companies are only two years. Mm -hmm. Some companies are four years. Some companies, if you've had, you do, know, do you think, do you think, do you think that that should be, um, different depending on each company? Do you think that should be something that's privatized or do you think that that should be like a federal yes. standard? No, I think that should be something that's privatized because each company has their own things. Um, 
so it's it's personalized. So uh, there's a few companies that take congestive heart failure after a couple years, um, and it's all just based on their own mortality tables. Some companies look at different health conditions differently. Um, can not congestive heart failure. Um, COPD is a big one that we look at. Some companies will not accept it at all. Some companies will accept it standard. So they have, it's a little bit more expensive for a certain class of things. COPD is one of them. And then some companies, if you've had it long enough, won't question it at all and you're fine. So I think that that's one of the biggest things that, um, should stay privatized because some of the best priced life insurance companies out there will accept more serious things than the more expensive companies. And it's all based on their own mortality tables. Um, some companies have no height and weight chart and that's their niche. So each co- a lot of the companies have their own niche mm. underwriting categories. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have no height and weight, there are one or two companies. So if you're, you know, four foot, 400 pounds, 90% of life insurance companies won't accept you. But this other company who is pretty well priced will. But if you're on three anxiety medications, they won't accept you. Whereas a different company, they won't take, if you're that, that short and that fat, they won't accept you. But if you're on 15 anxiety medications, they don't care. So they would cover so Jordan because he's so fucking short? <laughs> yes, pretty much. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, we're like, we're pretty much at time. Do you have anything you wanted to kind of ask real quick at the end? Because I have two little like one word questions, but is there anything you want to kind of wrap up with, Jordan? Riveting. No. Uh, Jason, is there anything that you would like to kind of... No, I mean, I think that, you know, I think that this all, as far as life insurance and health insurance goes, I think it'll pass fairly quickly. And in the scheme of things with it's, and now that, because right now the death rates at like 3%, give or take, and, you know, there's different risk categories and different ages, but as long as it doesn't spike anywhere i don't think this is going to be a huge change as far as life life or health insurance goes in the future Mm. right so the two things i wanted to kind of end on really quickly at what age do you think people should start getting life insurance or like thinking about it as soon as they can steadily afford it okay as soon as you're stable enough so like a so uh, say a burial costs $15,000. That's a little bit high for right now, but inflation on, on burials is the biggest thing that should be regulated but isn't. Um, as soon as you can afford a, you know, a couple dollars a month. So if you're 25 years old, you can get $25,000 of life insurance for $10, $15 a month. That's permanent, maybe $20. And that's for your but entire if, life or for the entire life of that, the plan? No, for the entire life of you. So that's whole life insurance for as long as you're alive, it'll be $25 a month. But if you wait until you're 50, that 25,000 will cost, you know, maybe $50 a month. And then as you're 70, that 25,000 will cost you $200 a month. Mm. So as soon as, so as soon as you can 
comfortably afford a few dollars of life insurance, it's it's best to start now because also you're never going to be as healthy as you are today. Oh, look at that. That is a, that's a good note. Oh yeah. yeah. That's great. So it's like, that's, and that's what I tell a lot of people that want to think about it or wait is I can, I can show you that you're going to be approved today, but you know, if you have, especially me being down in the South, you know, you get certain diabetes, you get, you know, or a heart attack or a stroke. It's very difficult to get life insurance after you've had some of those things without waiting a few years. So the younger and healthier you are, the easier and cheaper that it is to get life insurance. Interesting. And I'll end it on a topical question, I guess. This is the most political we'll get. Um, as someone who knows about insurance, but not necessarily as someone who sells it, right? Take yourself out of that part mm -hmm. of the equation. What do you think about the idea of single payer? Like, do you think that that would be beneficial for the average person to go to a single yes. payer plan? Yes. Yes. I think taking it out of the government's hands is the best case scenario for a lot of folks because the private companies on that end care about their bottom line and they, they can't just sign a, a bill into law to generate a million dollars or a trillion dollars that they're going to, negotiate with the doctors they're you might be a, a, a little bit more restricted with what you can do so like with medicare 90 percent of doctors will accept medicare but it's going to be more expensive for you and if you find a medicare advantage program that accepts your doctor it's going to be much cheaper for you so if you can kind of privatize that they're looking at their bottom line they're they're able to negotiate and things like that that it's going to be cheaper in the long run for it to be privatized um, in that aspect of it. All right. That's not the answer you were hoping for, was it, Robbie? I mean, I don't care. I just wanted to actually ask the question. Yeah. And then as far as, like, if, say, you know, Bernie has his way in Medicare for all, mm -hmm. they're going to privatize it because there's no way that you can have 300 million Americans because it, it's just unknown. Would you rather pay a questionable amount or would you rather pay slightly higher than average to have a guaranteed number? So, you know, say the average person is $500, but if you pay $700, you know full well that you will never have a dollar above that for that individual. And the government's going to do that every day of the week to make their budget work. Mm. Okay. And that, and that's why Medicare Advantage programs are pushed as much as they are. Mm -hmm. No, that's that that that's interesting, and it. And I, that's why I wanted to kind of end it on that, just to you know, because that's probably the most topical part of like the insurance talk right now is the Medicare for all, single payer, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I guess this is a good place to end it. Um, thank you for taking some time out of your fucking party that you shouldn't be at. <laughs> um, hey, I'm following the rules established by the governor of North Carolina. You're such a good man. Um, <laughs> Wait, right. real quick. How do, you, how do you like our podcast so far? What do you think of it? I mean, I've listened to all the episodes. I like it so far. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. No, I'm a fan. I nice. hear that? Thanks. We have a you fan. Have, you have a listen. I mean, not just because Robbie's my cousin, but you guys have a listener for at least another month. 
Nice. There you go. Hell yeah. Wait, what does that mean? I mean, you guys better not, you know, as long as you guys keep this up, I'll keep listening. But, oh. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what? Um, who's, your favorite, who's your favorite, me or Robbie? Because we were going to do a poll. Yeah, Jordan thinks for some reason that he's going to be more popular amongst the general public. I mean, I've I've known Robbie, and Robbie is more similar to me Take than that I out. to admit. Take that out. I mean, of even the, keeping the out Robbie being cousin, we're kind of the same. We're the same person in a lot of ways. So I kind of you know on Robbie's side on that one. Suck oh, my wow. dick, Jordan. Okay. Suck my <laughs> dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Um, But it's still early. We've only listened to four podcasts. You know, maybe once you guys hit 10 or 15, you know, uh, that might change. Do you know about the lost episode? I do not. Okay. Robbie doesn't tell me anything like this. So it's on YouTube. I'll I'll check it out. I'll troll you guys. All right. (laughs) All right, buddy. Um, All right. I'll talk to you soon, man. Um, I don't know if I can hang you up. I think you might have to hang yourself up. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. See you, buddy. All right. See you, all right. That was cool. That was good. That went a little bit over. We're at like um an hour and 15, an hour and 16. Did you already hit it yet? No. Oh, well then just hit it. Okay.